Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 30, Sexual Empowerment and Healing with Juliet Allen. Juliet is a global leading sexologist, sexuality coach, and tantra practitioner. Her mission is connecting you to your true sexual essence and pleasure potential. Juliet has been on our dream guest wish list since our very first conversation about starting the podcast. And when we reached out to her and she said yes, we screamed. (laughs) (laughs) We were so excited. Um, And this conversation, I think we were both actually quite nervous for this conversation. Yeah. But it was amazing. Yeah, I just love how down to earth and genuine and authentic Juliet is and just her approach is really refreshing. Yep. Her approach even um, to sexology, as she Mm. mentions in the podcast, um, you know, some sexologists kind of miss that holistic side and obviously with what we do and as we – so often talk about on this podcast, we just find holistic approaches to everything in life so much more powerful. And yeah, I love Juliet's approach too. Yeah. And so she talks about sexual empowerment and really how, you know, fusing, I guess, the spiritual elements, but also making it really practical. Yes. And yes. how we can empower ourselves. Absolutely. To feel um, really sexually empowered. Yeah. Yep. And I really loved in this conversation our chat with Juliet about sex magic. Yes. Um, we've been wanting to talk about this for a while, yeah. haven't we, Em? Yeah. So, yeah, um, Juliet dives into sex magic and what it is and yeah. how to how to use it. Yeah. And I also love that she kind of shone a light on Tantra as well and how much more accessible it is than I think we quite often think. Mm. Yeah. And then really sex as a as a healing modality too which I think is really refreshing yeah and I think we don't really view sex as that and so how it can be as we discuss in this a kind of body work yes to for release yeah and how yeah how that is so beautiful and how we can bring that potency um that sexual essence into our life and and radiate that yeah and have better sex and more enjoyable sex both with others and with ourselves, yeah. from a self-pleasure perspective as well. So we so enjoy this conversation and we hope that you do too, fellow witch. Yes, we have no doubt. We are so excited for you to listen. Welcome, Juliet, to Witches Being Witches. Emily Thank and I you. are very excited and very honoured to yeah. have your mind on this podcast. Absolutely oh, thrilled. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I haven't actually been doing interviews on podcasts for a while because I've been tending to a new child so I'm excited you guys are I think I'm kicking off one of the first like interviews I've done in ages um with you guys so it's very special oh wow Um, extra honored thanks before we get into our questions Julia we love to ask do you know your sun and moon and rising okay I'm going to be really honest and say I kind of do, but I always forget them and I'm not that like across all that. I should be because I live in Byron Bay, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, So, but my, so the sun is 
you're just your star sign, like mainstream star sign, right? Yes. So I'm a Gemini. Um, and my rising is Libra. Yeah. Interesting. I would be so interested to know what you are in Vedic. I'm wondering if you, uh, would be a Taurus in the Vedic system. Yeah. How do I find out? Yeah. I'll have to, I would do a deep dive and I'll, I'll let you know. I'm just interested Mm. to know because why I say that is Taurus is all about, um, the security and about our physical body and um the sensuality um Mm. yeah so i yeah i'm just interested to know yeah i'm interested to know too yeah and so do you know your human design yeah i'm a manifesting generator awesome yeah amazing and i'm the what's the number thing i forget what the number is i am but I'm like the celebrity number apparently the lady was like this is what all the celebrity have and Nick we were doing like a couple's um reading together and he was like of course that'd be right like you've got the celebrity numbers um (laughs) but yeah I actually um, find human design really interesting yeah yeah I'm glad you asked that amazing and we would love to know Juliet how have you navigated to get where you are today as a global leading um, sexologist? Yeah. What has your journey looked like and how have you got to where you are now? Mm. Oh, big question. Well, mm. um, I guess it began when I was really young. I was always really interested in sexuality and um as a teenager, I wanted to read books on Tantra and sacred sexuality and just really curious um, and always felt quite comfortable in my own skin. And um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily sexually active at a young age, but when I did become sexually active, um, always curious to explore new things and always that friend in the friendship circle who people came to and wanted to like share, spill all their secrets and, you know, ask advice um, from me. So I think naturally I just was always um, like felt really comfortable with the topic of sex. And then Mm. um, in my early twenties, I began having regular therapy, not necessarily because things are wrong, but just because I wanted to always be working on myself and, I remember a therapy session with my therapist who I still see now. And she, I said, I just feel so obsessed with sex and like, have I got a sex addiction? And, you know, we were working Mm -hmm. on like what was going on. Turns out I didn't, I just loved sex and, you know, had to embrace that. And um, she said, I feel like one day you could potentially make a career out of this because it's something you're so passionate about and we're always working on it. And I, at the time, just thought, well, that's a bit of a joke. Like, I'm not going to become a sex worker. That doesn't feel aligned for me. (laughs) Like, um, you know, maybe for for others it is, and I respect that. There's a place for it. But for me, I just was, no, I'm not going to do that, even though I think I'd probably make a lot of money doing it because I'd just be so fantastic at what I do. (laughs) But (laughs) no. (laughs) Um, But... um, yeah, and so that I just remember that in my early twenties, and then I got got on with life, and um, and and then fast forward, decided to study sexology as a postgrad topic, um, and was over the moon that I could study sex, and mm. um, yeah, and that's when I really found my my calling. Like I just I just was like, oh my god, I found what I want to do in life, and I was thirty time of 29 so um it felt like late in life you know how we're always encouraged at a young age to be like finding what we want to do like my daughter's 16 now and she's like mom I still don't know what I want to do I'm like babe Mm -hmm. you don't need to stress over this you've got some time so yeah you've got time um yeah and and my career just took off and yeah that's the short version Amazing. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like a bit of a Saturn return there. It's typically those years, those um, 29, 30 years where we have that. Yeah, um, most definitely. Yeah, I definitely was in that Saturn return time for me. Yeah, yeah that was a big phase. Yeah, beautiful. 
And so we'd love you to um, speak to us, Juliet, about because Witches Being Witches has really been created for, you know, female empowerment and a lot of your work um, we really resonate with because there is this essence of um, being empowered and being sexually empowered. Mm. Could you give us a definition of what you think um, being a, a sexually empowered woman is? Mm. Mm. Yeah, sure. I'll give you my definition just um, mm. off the top of my head. I don't have anything prepared for that, but I I feel what a sexually empowered woman is is a woman who has um, embraced her sexuality, which is always ever-changing and evolving, mm. and who feels um, liberated and free in, in that energy in her body and in that expression of herself and who is open to exploring and always curious and um, curious to learn about herself primarily because it, it's that's the first relationship that we need to master is with ourselves, And so... Um, yeah, a, a sexually empowered woman is a woman who's who who's always working on herself and working on feeling free in her sexual energy and experiences lots of pleasure because of that and shares that with the world in her own unique way. Yeah, amazing. I love that definition. Mm-hmm. I think historically women have really been um, demonized for being sexual beings. Mm. and it's really um, it's so different to hear you speaking about sexually empowered women because that's not what we kind of grow up to learn, mm. I think, which is yeah, awful. Agree. Yeah, I mm. think the empowerment is taken out of us as as sexual women, but it's something so natural. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the word slut's thrown around a lot yes. as a derogatory term, especially in high school. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, you're a slut, you're a whore, you're this. Or, she, you know, she gave a blowjob to that guy, she's a fucking slut. You know, all that yeah. type of gross stuff. And so we get shamed at a young age for just wanting to explore in that way, which is a natural thing to do. And, yeah, it starts really young, even when we're kids and or babies and we touch our genitals and our parents or our carer you know, slaps our hand away and is like, don't yeah. touch, like, you don't do that. That's the first, one of the first ways that we shame young women and men yeah. um, in regards to their sexuality and exploring. Yeah, absolutely. And how in your journey, Julia, and have you been able to, and, you know, help your clients really overcome that shame Mm. that seems to you know start to formulate at such a young age um yeah how do you work with um liberating that that shame and um yeah rebuilding that connection back to the self or that that feminine energy Mm. Mm. well if I was working with a woman one-on-one often we'll go back to childhood and explore what role models we had and what was modelled to us, um, like what what intimacy was, you know, what it, how did we experience intimacy, what did our caregivers model to us, what were the transmissions that we had from the adults around us. Um, yeah, that that's something that's really important to explore. And then also going back to any experiences that we had that were unpleasant or traumatic experiences or even just moments that we may not even know or remember um, but can come up as a memory of, you know, for example, when our mum slapped her hand away from from our yoni or when, um, you know, our brother showed us his penis and we were intrigued, which is natural, as Mm. children and then we were told, don't look, you know, like just the most smallest moments mm. that can just change the trajectory of our sexuality and our exploration as sexual beings. So mm. that's a big one is going back to childhood and going through, um, you know, at the first experience of sex is a big one and mm. has a big impact on our life. The first, our first experience of menstruation. So going through different initiations that we have in our life as women and, um, the work that um, Jane Hardwick Collings does, who would be mm. a, a, a great guest on your show if you can ever um, get her on, is, you know, looking at what's the thread through those different initiations as a woman because um, we can find a common thread from 
you know, our first experience of sex and menstruation and first pregnancy, mm. abortion, mm. all the all the things, mm. first birth, etc. And then see how that impacts us. So that's the type of work that I do with women that I think um, supports them to experience less shame and let go of all the stories that they've told themselves around who they are sexually and what sex means to them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and I love how you mention, um, Juliet, you know, in your story, it was this feeling of, you know, am I thinking about um, sex too much or is this a problem? Mm. But um, it was really beautiful that you had that um, that person there to say to you, like looking at it through a different lens to reorientate. Um, and mm. it sounds like your, your work is very similar to, um, you know, really changing that lens of how, how to view, um, yeah, your body and how you feel about sexuality, which I think is, mm. yeah, really beautiful. And really important. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so important. It's a big part of our health. Like it's the part that I think is often missed. We can focus on everything else to do with health, but not our sexuality. So yeah, it's really important. And it's often um, the missing piece of the puzzle for so many people when they begin exploring that part of themselves they're like oh this is what was missing in my journey mm. so mm. yeah that's why I, we really want to bring um, awareness with this with this topic um, how important is sex to our health mm. oh I believe it's really important. I think our sexual and our, our sexual energy is our life force energy, and mm-hmm. it's we're born with it, and it doesn't go away. It may feel like it's gone away for some for some people, like when when our libido is lower, or perhaps through a difficult stage in life, or even after giving birth to a baby, when we're sleep deprived, it can disappear. But it's always there, and it's um, it's it's part of our vitality and our energy. And, um, you know, they say like a, the sign of good health in a man is to wake up with a, an erection every morning. Like that is actually a really good sign that a man's healthy and has a good vitality. And mm-hmm. the same, the same is with women is, is um, the, like when we wake up, I, I feel like a woman who's in optimum health mm-hmm. wakes up feeling alive in her sexual energy it doesn't necessarily mean we wake up just wanting to like get to it and have sex every morning that's not the case that's unrealistic um there may be times in our lives where we do feel like that but that's unrealistic but it's like a sense of aliveness and and um vitality in our body that Mm -hmm. our sexual energy gives us so it's really um really important Mm. I want to ask you why do you think that sex is such a taboo topic? Oh, well, because big, oh, so many things, but religion. <laughs> <would> have <laughs> The patriarchy, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like re- religion, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big expert on the history of religion. I'm not even going to pretend to be, but I have definitely had firsthand experiences of how um, Catholicism has just completely shamed and continues yeah. to shame sexuality in the most craziest ways um Mm. and um I think yeah it goes back to lots of religious um beliefs and yeah yeah that's so true I was brought up very religious and that was uh took me such a long time to unwind because Mm. in that religion it was if you had sex before marriage you you know you pretty much were going to die (laughs) yeah Yeah. and that that fear mongering and um being brought up with that like you say that conditioning and that um fear yeah you can see how that really underpins um how how we feel about sex and that it's you know um unclean and um wrong and yeah it's just but because it's so powerful right? Like anything Mm. that has that ultimate power. So we can, Mm. like you say, connect to our our essence and connect to um, higher divine um, is going to be something that um, is going to be also wanting to be stamped out as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that is important to acknowledge. Mm. And our sexual energy, it's, it is really powerful and it has, we have the power to 
you know, use it to manifest what we want in life too via sex magic. And that's powerful. And, um, you know, that is magic. Like you, you can't explain that stuff. And when the higher powers mm. or whatever you want to call them have things like that, that they can't explain. And they're like, Oh, this is a bit, we don't know how to prove this scientifically or, you yeah. know, like this is weird or this is just a group of women being weirdos like witches basically <laughs> let's just burn them at the stake because we don't understand this yeah mm. yeah. yeah yeah I'd love you to speak a little bit more about that um Em and I have spoken about um sex magic before yeah. and the the potency that it has is that mm. something that you um are conscious with with your work yeah um it's something that I talk about lots and that I actively use in my own life and that I um, support others to tap into for sure. Um, yeah, I've used sex magic to manifest everything, like the house we live in, the amount of money that I earn, yeah. the what else? Obviously the children that I have and that mm. I, you know, what else? The car that I drive, everything. Yeah. it's like sex magic um and as a couple you know nick and i will engage in sex like use sex magic to manifest what we desire in life in all different ways and um yeah it's super powerful and it's really simple too like it's not complicated it's just really can be really a really easy way to um not just make love with ourselves or another but also like have an intention behind it and a purpose behind it. So is that literally what sex magic is, having an intention to manifest something? For me, yeah, it is. Mm. I mean, everyone has their different definitions, but for me it's about, for example, saying um, I'm going to self-pleasure today. Okay, my intention is um, I want to manifest, let's do something really like um, traditional, like my dream job that I just applied for and I really mm. want to like which by the way anyone who works for me guaranteed when I say they've got the job and they've gone through the interview <laughs> process they always say oh my god I have been using sex magic to <laughs> for like the last few weeks and I'm like I know of course you have because you're now working for me and if you're working for me you're like doing what you know you're in yeah so Love everyone's that. like Love oh my it. god you wouldn't believe how much but anyway um <laughs> So that's an example. Mm. So we use that intention and then we um, we have we set the intention and then when we're in the lovemaking experience or the sex, whatever you want to call it, mm. we, for me, I bring the, the visuals of that. So mm. um, let's go back to um, me wanting to conceive soul, our little baby boy. Mm. Um, when we would make love, we... I would like visualize and feel while I was experiencing orgasm, feel myself pregnant with him and like visualize, you know, um, birthing him and having him in my arms. And it's like this, you're kind of mixing visualization with sex. So I'm still present with my partner, but also like just feeling what it feels like to have what I want basically. And then, yeah. Which is the ultimate because you're in that elevated emotion, you're connected, your heart is open. It's, mm. yeah, you can see how that has so much potency. Mm. So I love that. Yeah. We yeah, really wanted to speak to you about um, self-pleasure and using self-pleasure, I guess, for purposes like sex magic, but also as a, a self-care ritual, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. What do you want to know? Like all the things. Um, <laughs> how can we? I guess should I just can... get my kid off and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, check out our website, everyone. <laughs> You've got to put a paywall up. Yeah, yeah. Power, you're going to become a millionaire real yeah. quick. <laughs> You'll never hear from any of us again. Yeah, <laughs> we will retire. Yeah, that's <laughs> because you have yin body. Um, yeah. and yeah, tell us how that came about and how, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued. Well, 
you know, I've always, always enjoyed self-pleasuring. It's been something that I've loved exploring from a really young age. I started Mm -hmm. when I was really young. I didn't know that it was Mm self-pleasuring or masturbation. I just was doing it. Um, And then, um, yeah, I, you know, I learned about how important it is to explore our bodies in that way and Mm -hmm. explore ourselves as a woman in that way Mm -hmm. and how much value that can add then to relating with others, um, Mm -hmm. having that understanding of ourselves and so um when I was younger I bought a vibrator and um I was like okay cool I've got the rabbit I'll just I guess this is what it's all about um but soon and, and then I I guess over the years tried lots of different sex toys but I never found something that I really loved and I really didn't feel great walking into sex stores because back Mm. in the day like I'm 40 now so back in the day there was no online stores like Mm. you go down to the local sex store and there's like some creepy guys in there and (laughs) lots of porn magazines and, and like videos back in the day VCRs um and you know buy a sex toy and they were all pretty gross so over the years I tried different things and then when I was a sexologist I um I am a sexologist (laughs) back in the day when I was a sexologist when I started I used to get sent a lot of things yeah um, and I didn't try them all but um anyway long story short I decided I wanted to create like a crystal pleasure wand Mm -hmm. because I tried something similar and it just changed my life and I've literally never gone back since um I threw all my vibrators in the dustbin mm. and um, and and what the crystals gave me was just a different way to experience pleasure and um, because there's different crystals, they all have their own unique mm. energy and power and so that, you know, means you can change the dynamic with what crystal you choose to use. But mm. so I, I just started by creating a rose quartz pleasure wand I joked and called it the Juliet because you know I just what else <laughs> was like oh now everyone can like have sex with me like just you know my sense of humor was just, it's just a bit like that and then it just took off like literally I just yeah, put well. one product on my website and suddenly I was like how how can I create more like oh my god I can't keep up so I created more and um yeah they just went off nuts and yeah. so then um, and then um, a couple of years ago, I decided I'd create a lube, an organic natural lube, because mm. there wasn't many on the market. And if they were, the branding of them was pretty gross. And I really appreciate beautiful items. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's half of it for me is like, I'll look at the ingredients, but also really like to have nice things in my home. And yeah. um, so that's what inspired me to create a lube. And mm. yeah, that's that's how those products were birthed yeah amazing um I would also really like to ask you um Juliet about libido and about attraction and Mm. this how do we create this um I guess I, I guess libido comes back to health and our vitality but if that is being impacted what what do you work with? Is this just from a health perspective or do you look at it from a self-confidence perspective? Is that a little bit of both? Um, what are the main drivers that you see? For low libido or like? Yeah, like what infa- in, impacts the libido? Mm, so many things. Like, yes, there's the practical health things. Like, are you eating food that nourishes your body? And are you drinking lots of water, which is going to lubricate your body? And mm. are you um, are you drinking lots? Like, all the sorts of things that can impact us health-wise are going to impact our libido. If we're eating heaps of processed foods, like our body is going to take up a lot of energy processing the shitty mm. processed foods which means it takes away energy from every other area of our body, including our sexual energy. So those that that's the basics. I'm not a nutritionist or a naturopath, so I don't I can't speak about those in like really big detail, but it's something that I'd always work on with clients or or refer them to a naturopath to begin looking also at hormone levels. Like for example, recently my um 
I work with a naturopath and I got my bloods done because I was quite low energy, a little bit down and really irritated. And she was like, oh, it sounds like it could be low iron, which I've had in the past. And um, I got my iron levels checked. They were low, like surprise, surprise. So I had an iron infusion and literally like a week later, I was just like, oh yeah, like, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> like, you know, and, and my libido was back. And so practical things like that really can have an impact but then what else has that has an impact is like our emotional health which is also linked to you know food and all that but emotional health and um, communication is big like if we're not communicating what we need and desire um, we're not talking about how we feel it basically what happens is it's like I talk about this a lot so you might have heard me talk about before but we just keep pushing down all the shit like you know, we don't talk about how we feel. So we just push it down, push it down. And it's like, we just create these boulders in our body that block our energy channel mm. and our sexual energy resides in our lower chakras, like down in our, the base of our body. So if we have all these boulders in this block energy, it's harder for the energy to move up. And so we need to really unblock those boulders by talking, by processing, by going to a therapist or whatever, emotionally mm. releasing so that we can clear the energy channel so that, you know, the water, which is the, the sexual energy, can flow through that channel. So that's really important. And then it's important that we feel safe in, in the spaces that we engage in sexually. So if we're in a relationship, then we need to feel safe to open. We need to feel safe enough to explore. We need to know that our partner isn't going to get up and walk out afterwards. Um yeah so much stuff we you know if we're self-pleasuring we want to be in an environment where we feel safe to open Mm. you know we can't be in fight or flight in these it's the same as birth like you know it's the same we don't want to when we're in such a vulnerable state and and a, a um what do you call it um I don't know I'm looking for a word I forget but in a state primal a primal state then we don't want to be in an environment where we feel like we could be interrupted or yeah. where we feel like, you know, there's big lights or there's people mm-hmm. watching unless danger. that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. Danger. Yeah. Um, and we, so yeah. yeah. It's really interesting with libido. Like um, I was in a, a long-term relationship for a, yeah, a long time and we didn't have sex very often. And I remember kind of almost being like, maybe I just am not a very sexual person. And mm. then I left that relationship and now I'm like, oh, actually, I do quite like sex. Like, it's actually it's pretty cool. And it, it makes sense. Like our communication was not a strong point and very often I didn't feel safe and secure. And so it makes sense that I didn't want to have sex with my partner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah completely makes sense I think that's really good that you've brought that up because a lot of people can feel like they start questioning themselves in relationships yes. like oh maybe like maybe I don't need sex or yes. like maybe you know that one of like that was me okay. yes. that yeah, was like, me okay. yeah it's just not a big part of me anyway or yeah. like <laughs> it's just I'm not a sexual person like Juliet is but I'm not her and that's okay and you know or yeah. whatever it is yeah but then yeah so many people have the experience of like they go through the process of breaking up, which can often take months, years, whatever, mm-hmm. and they step out and then they come out of the fogginess and they're like, yeah. oh, my God, I am so turned on. Yeah. Oh, my God, I am a sexual woman after all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I see a lot of that in my clients as well because I, I am a naturopath and a lot of my clients. Oh, great. Yeah. And oh, there we go. And, uh, and like you said, there are so many factors and even mm. like hormonal contraceptives, you know, having those oh, yeah. hormones and not ovulating obviously is going to impact mm. sex drive too. But yeah, a lot of my clients come in and they feel so upset and I think they feel so ashamed and they blame mm. themselves. And it's mm. there's so many factors involved. Mm, yeah. yeah yeah there's so many factors involved I love that you're an actress that's awesome because you know more than me with this stuff but also <laughs> you get where I'm coming from with yeah. like just a simple check of like levels of yeah. something can yeah give so many answers it's so mm. holistic isn't it absolutely mm. we wanted to talk to you as well about sex as a healing modality which I know is something that you talk about Mm. how can sex be used therapeutically I guess 
Mm. Um, a common way that it can be is when we are going back to feeling safe and secure to open Mm. and we are enjoying sex and we're with somebody who we feel connected to or we are self-pleasuring and Mm. feel connected to ourselves, then what sex can do is it can surface a lot of emotion um, from the past or memories from the past or like, um, you know, for me, what's common is I'll like, make love with Nick and then I'll have like a peak orgasmic experience and then afterwards I'll cry that doesn't always happen but it's like it just releases all this energy and then something will come up for me and I'll be like oh like Mm. it'll just feel like an emotional release Mm -hmm. um which a lot happens to a lot of people but they don't know what's happening so then if they don't know it's okay to cry they're just like oh my God, I'm crying. This isn't what's supposed to happen. This isn't, you know, this is not what the movies tell me or the porn does. <laughs> like no yeah. one cries, but that's so that's, that's really healing for me. And I know it's healing for a lot of people is um, feeling okay to, to like let the tears flow or the anger flow. Like, you know, you, we like you can make love and feel a lot of anger coming up because it's shifting all that energy again. So like mm. if you're moving all the boulders, it's all moving and suddenly it's like breaking through a lot of stuff energetically and then it can come up. So you can feel a lot of anger, but you can use that anger and like channel that into your sex. Not in, not in like a way of like, I'm going to start punching my partner, but more yes. so like, you know, like um, using sound to release it or, um, or you, you can go into some sort of role play where you're, channeling the anger in a healthy way and in a consensual way like there's so many ways that we can use it to heal us from yeah blocked emotion and past experiences or um yeah yeah I really love that I've actually never thought about it as like kind of like a bodywork process yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's actually great I've never thought of saying it but it is it's like bodywork it's like yeah it's like fun sexy body work yeah that's the funnest yeah. type of body yeah. work that's what I actually do Especially, like exercise yeah. <laughs> it's exercise. actually really exercise yeah um the bonus is if you have a partner who is um attuned to like energy and mm. is really like like Nick's a body worker he doesn't mm. actively work as that anymore he used to used to but he now works more as a coach but he's really um good with like stuff that I'm not good at like you know moving energy at the throat chakra and all those type of things so if you can incorporate that into sex and be aware of that then that definitely adds a different dynamic to sex yeah how can you involve your partner like that how can you both kind of be on board with I guess bringing in that element of body work to sex um do you have any advice around that just clone Nick. Let's find how we can clone Nick, and then yep. we can all be with <laughs> someone <on>. else. <laughs> or an e- or a woman, if we if uh, yeah. you know, we want to move women. So like the woman version. No. Um. Oh well, I think it's about attracting a partner that is into the same things as us. Like, mm. ideally, if we're single, um thinking about what qualities do we want them to have what values do they have what are they interested in what are they curious about what are they open to but if we're in a relationship an existing relationship and we want to um begin exploring in that way then firstly it's like having the conversations but um we need to start exploring ourselves like by ourselves and then bring Mm -hmm. that magic into sex with our partner so that we're not just saying like, oh, I want you to be like this. And, you know, I heard on this podcast, Juliet said that Nick does this. So now you need to do that, you know, like go learn it. It's like, that's not how we're going to inspire yeah. a partner to be like that. It's like, mm-hmm. we have to model it mm-hmm. and hope that they feel inspired enough to be like, wow, I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I reckon that, uh, yeah, I really love that. And do you think this ties into, um, Tantra Juliet, because you're also a tantric practitioner. Um, Mm. does that, I guess, embodiment, um, come from your tantric teachings, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This isn't sexology. Like 
you know, if, if you went to uni tomorrow and did a master's in sexology, you will not learn any of this. You will learn mm-hmm. the science of sex. You can focus on like sexual trauma or you can focus on, um, I don't know, like sex education or working with pedophiles, whatever, like mm-hmm. something a bit less holistic holistic and sexy. Yeah. Um, but Tantra is where the magic happens. And yeah, most of this is tantric teachings um that I've kind of I've kind of fused both mm. in what how I teach and support people. Um because Tantra is all about, you know, um the embodiment of our emotions. And like if you go to any Tantra training or or um Tantra retreat, you're gonna spend half the time just working through your stuff that gets in the way of you experiencing orgasmic pleasure and energy and connection. So, yeah. Can you explain what Tantra is? Because I, I keep thinking that I've never really experienced Tantra, but then with what you just said about kind of exploring, I, I guess, like those sides of you, like your limiting beliefs or your stories, like I, mm. I guess I have done work on that, but I've never mm. potentially realised that that was Tantra. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different definitions of Tantra. So I'm going to say mine. Mm. then there could be someone listening who's like no way like you know in I was in India and they said this and blah blah blah. so my experience of it and this is what I've always said it's not really what you think I'm gonna say but it's like choosing with awareness what brings joy to our life Mm. primarily so it's not just about sex Mm. people think like oh you're a tantric practitioner so you're just having orgies all the time or you're just sitting in like some funny position with your partner all day eye gazing and it's like no Mm. um what it is is choosing joy for my life in all areas of my life which in turn have an impact on my sex life Mm. um so it comes back to that holistic approach to everything but um tantra is I guess it's one of those um like it's a modality I don't know what you call it modality but it's what what it teaches is that sex is not separate from us. Our sexuality is just as important as anything else in our life, unlike other religions who marginalise it, shame it, and mm. tell us we're wrong for embracing it. It's like the only, it's not a religion, but some would say it is, but it isn't, I don't think. It's like the only... Um, uh, what am I saying? It's like... They don't marginalize sex. It mm. is it is us. Our sexuality is us. It's part of us. And yeah, it's all about embracing our emotion and releasing our emotion and um, connecting in a deeper way than just, you know, rubbing genitals together. It's mm. like anyone who's um, spent time in tantric communities or spent time exploring tantra in general is, I feel, in experience, is a lot more present in everyday life. Mm. Is um, present in when they interact with others um, a tantric man or woman if you make love to them it mostly like in general is it's going to be a very um, connected experience at the heart mm. rather than just like bend over I'll fuck you and leave it's like mm. yeah there's more communication there's a depth there and you know I'll I was chatting to someone the other day actually on my podcast about this there's 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 like pros and cons also of a tantric lover but the pros are you're going to have um in general very like connected deep intimacy with somebody mm. Mm. Amazing. yeah that that's I love that definition and that's how I see it. it's more of that conscious connection and um mm. that pre- in the present moment and really um yeah embodying that that heart opening um that energetic force as well mm. um yeah I love that Juliet could you um tap into the difference and this is a generalization so I'm being a little bit stereotypical here but the difference between how men view sex and how women view sex and mm. how stereotypically we need different things Hmm. um how do we fuse (laughs) yeah because the men don't understand that 
um, like that women have different needs, like they're quite different to a man's needs. And I guess that comes Mm. down to communication Mm. as well. But how do we generally as the feminine and the masculine, and, you know, we can obviously switch between those, but how does the feminine view sex and how does the masculine view sex? I'm just interested to know if there is such Mm. a thing. Well, this is a complete generalisation. Let's just take out all the like tantric beings who have a lot of self-awareness around this. But if we're looking at like mainstream man and woman, Mm. men will um, in general can engage sexually um, a lot easier, like with a lot more ease without having to have the emotional attachment there or that connection there. And so um, that's why it's often easier for a man to like have a one night stand. Whereas for women, we can think we're okay with a one night stand, but often there's going to be some sort of like attachment or like, oh, you know, I thought I was going to be okay, but like, he's so lovely. And like, oh, you know, I really loved breakfast with him. I really hope he calls and blah, blah. blah. And meanwhile, he's just like surfing and he's just like, cool, one night stand. Like who's next? Yeah. Or he's not, yeah. or he's just like, where are the waves at today? He's not thinking about you. Whereas women are just like, mm, like, you know, so our hearts as women, we need like ultimately we need our heart to be open mm. for us to have really great sexual experiences. Mm. And that's because like Tantra teaches that our positive pole in our body is our heart and our negative pole is our pussy. But for a man, his positive pole is his cock and negative pole is his heart center. So that's why there's a good magnetic. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So um, so if you understand that, then, yeah, men, for their heart to open, ultimately just put your hand on their cock and give it a bit of attention and then likely their hearts can open easier. Whereas for us, we're just like, we want to feel that heart connection and then our pussy opens. Yeah, Yeah. and so that's so interesting because to get that, for men to get that, it's like understanding that what a woman needs to have her heart open, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, as is where that I guess that communication comes in, and you know what you need to feel um safe and and nourished, and yeah, but you can see where that frustration can lie (laughs) in those those two. And it's up to us as women to communicate what we need with men. Yeah. So like, well, they don't know. They yeah. really genuinely don't know. And they want to, they're doing the best possible. Like if they're a good man, they want us to feel happy. They want us to, you know, all the things, but yeah. neither men or women are taught how yeah. to communicate or communicate what we want. So it's up to us to say what we need. Like, you know, when I first met Nick, I said to him, like, when we first have, when we have sex, I don't want to have sex with you if you're going to rush off to work afterwards, mm. if you're going to race to the shower by yourself. if I was, I was like, what I need to be able to open to you is I need to know that you have time afterwards to be with me, mm. to cuddle me, um, to have a shower together, to like maybe have some food together. And I said, just don't even bother having sex with me if you're like, fuck, I'm going to be at work in like 10 minutes. Because mm. it's just like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel good. It's like okay. I've done, been there, done that, and had that those experiences, and it just activates my abandonment wound, which I'm very aware of. So, like, we need to. That's an example of communicating what we need. Otherwise, our lover doesn't know. Yes, and I guess that's an element of self awareness in there as well, isn't there? To know what we want and need, and then to mm-hmm. be able to communicate that effectively. Yeah, and to ask yeah. for that. Like, I love how you've um, asked for that, Juliet. You're just like, yeah, yeah this is, yeah. This is it. <laughs> this is my non-negotiable. This is what I need. Um, and, you know, working on both sides of that as well. Um, mm. Yeah, it's very, a very empowering way to, to look at that. Mm. I yeah. really want to ask about yoni healing and womb healing. And mm. I, guess, I guess I'm really intrigued. I have a yoni egg and I've actually never used it because I don't really mm. think I fully understand why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm not the right person to talk to about yoni eggs because I'm not a big fan of them. 
Ah, mm. interesting. So there's a curveball. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I've okay. heard of this. I've heard of this. I'm interested to hear your take on it. Yeah. Well, I don't know enough about them to even give a professional opinion because, mm. but um, I firstly, I think there's way too many people out there selling them who have yes. no clue what the fuck they're selling. Yes. They're giving advice on something that actually is really like, you don't just put anything up your pussy and leave it there for a yes. certain amount of time. So um, I think that can be detrimental. But what happened for me was when I was younger, mm. I um, had a Yoni egg and um, a woman who I, yeah, a woman told me how to use it, but like there was no training or background there. She was just like, oh, you know, put it up. You can leave it for 24 hours or like 48 hours. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll just put this egg up me. Yeah. And I just left it for like, I was like, oh, the longer the better, you know, that theory. Yeah. Like, oh, I've had it up there for like a whole 24 hours. But what happened from consistently using it over just only about a week and then I mean, I was like, this just doesn't feel right. Like I need to stop using this. Yeah. Um, was the cycles after that, my periods instantly were like super painful, irregular, wow. weird stuff started to happen. And that was the only change I'd made to, and I've always had really regular cycles, et cetera. Wow. And so I just instantly felt like, yeah, I, I'm glad I listened to my intuition and stopped using it. But that's mm. just my personal experience. Like mm. women have amazing experiences with Yoni eggs. So, but I just can't speak to them other than from my personal experience. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. So maybe you haven't used it because intuitively you're just like oh I'm not ready or this isn't the right time yeah or you just need to learn more from somebody who does know what they're talking about yeah yeah what kind of yoni healing would you recommend then and why why would we heal our yonis in the first place mm, um well we store heaps of trauma in our yonis like mm. it's like that's where all our trauma goes you know and like huge topic but so many women have experienced some sort of trauma mm. even if it's it doesn't have to be like extreme but it can be just something really mild like mm. for me it would be like um you know having unconscious sex where I'm like having sex with a guy because he's home now and I guess he's home because he wants to have sex with me and I don't feel empowered didn't feel empowered enough to be like actually I'm not even in the mood for this like you're a dickhead yeah. So, yeah you know so that's mm -hmm. like that can be you know yucky like yeah. you know, mm -hmm. have sex in that way and um so um that's why it's important to heal and the way that I recommend doing it is um actually yoni steaming is I don't know what you how you feel about yoni yeah. steaming as a naturopath because I, again, professionally, I can't be like, oh, you know, the benefits of this and there's research. And, but I've found that that's really beautiful way to like take care of my yoni. And I use that to heal from miscarriages, wow. um, like really amazing. And I used it postpartum with, um, after the last birth of my second baby, mm. um, well, full term baby, because I've had a few pregnancies, but um, it, it was really healing afterwards so that's a great practical thing another thing is like yoni massage um that's been amazing for me um the only challenge with that is finding practitioners who i would personally refer people to and who yes. have integrity yes. just like any profession mm -hmm. just like anything there's people out there with no integrity and then there's others who are amazing so yoni massage has been amazing like i healed from an ectopic pregnancy just through one wow. yoni massage but and that was years after it I didn't realize there was still stuff there mm -hmm. and then I got a yoni massage and it all came up and then wow. that was amazing and um so that's a way to heal womb womb massage is great with like it's somebody who's trained and in mm -hmm. that kind of body work I've had heaps of womb massage and body work that kind of goes into that area and yeah wow does magical stuff it's interesting actually with the body work and that whole pelvic region um I don't know if this is a bit of an overshare on the podcast but I I'm I am actually an endo sufferer so mm. like really really painful periods historically mm. and I started to manage it to some extent with naturopathy alone but I actually ended up going to my osteo 
um, my osteopath and she has massively helped reduce, like almost make the pain non-existent. But the interesting thing is that when that started to work for me and I started to get less period pain and less painful periods was actually when I first started to have penetrative orgasms as well. Mm. And I actually told her that recently and I was like, I think you've done something. <laughs> Flicked the yeah. switch. Yeah, yeah. But it would make yeah. sense because of, yeah, you know. For sure. Tension. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's great you share that. Endo is such a big one, especially mm. these days. I feel like more and more women are get, getting diagnosed with it or like misdiagnosed mm. with it too. But um, yeah, I've got I've got endo and have had painful periods too. And um, and how I like aside from working with a naturopath and stuff, I had heaps of body work on my womb, mm. and I also um, left a really shitty relationship a few years ago, which instantly got rid of my period pain so like there's so many different factors that can contribute to our pain yes we can have endo um and like you know it can be confirmed that we have endo but Mm. um, I never got my endo removed and I am completely pain-free now so yeah yeah yeah. it's actually interesting what you said about shitty relationships um in (laughs) naturopathy obviously having that um like emotional medicine side of things there's Mm -hmm. a um belief that underlying um endo is a uh rejection by men story or issue so yeah I find that interesting Mm. yeah rejection by men so like so feeling rejected by men or like yeah, I think so. And yeah, I felt kind of rejected and alone in my last relationship. And again, like mm. leaving that, my endo has improved. No I was going to say yeah. it was about the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Mm. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's mm. an interesting one. The funny yeah. thing was, I was in a relationship with a woman. So, like, okay, I don't know that doesn't that make in. as much sense. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I do notice with clients that clients who are in really stressful relationships yeah. often have period pain. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big one to address. And I'm glad that we've given that a voice um, mm-hmm. today on the podcast. I think it's very comforting to know that there's there's um, healing that can be done um, because a lot of um, the Western medicine says that there's not so um, that it is possible. So thank you for being an expander in that. Yeah, no, my pleasure. And before we get to our final question, um, Em, is there any other questions that you had for Juliet? I don't know. I guess if you could give us one tip to have more, I mean, we were talking about sex magic earlier, but more magical, more empowered sex, Mm. what would be your best piece of advice or one single top tip? Oh god. If you can pick <laughs> so much. That's really presence, hard. One. Like really deep yeah. presence. Mm. Learning how to be more present is really important. I think if like two or more people can come together and be like deeply present with each other, then magic will unfold no matter what. Yeah. Um communication is just so important. Yeah. Curiosity and like working on our stuff that holds us back from exploring perhaps taboo things or like fantasies mm-hmm. um yeah I mean I could speak for days about this but there's a few things yeah love it thank you thank you You're welcome um, and we would love to hear this is our final question um what does health is the new wealth mean to you <laughs> um What does health as the new wealth mean to me? Oh, it right now it means getting heaps, getting heaps of sleep. But it means like, <laughs> um, uh, what does it mean? That's an interesting question. It means heaps of vitality. It means waking up in the morning with energy. It means that um, even though I'm not getting heaps of sleep right now because I have a baby, that I still have energy throughout the day, and I feel inspired by my life and um I feel empowered to make great choices for myself and my family um yeah it's uh, it's just like the simple things for me is is 
yeah just being able to be really present with my children at the moment is what what brings a lot of happiness to me and hmm, I don't know whether that really answers it properly yeah, that's beautiful or, we love that yeah. thank you so much Juliet it has been such a pleasure to speak you're to you're welcome oh, it's God. been a great conversation thank really you. enjoyed it yeah thank you Juliet thank you that was so good thank you so much it for was. that I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, fellow witch. We really hope that you enjoy this episode. Please leave us a rating and review. This really helps us to reach more witches just like you. And speaking of like-minded witches, come and join us on Facebook. We are WBW Coven. And you'll find us on Instagram at Witches Being Witches. See you next time, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success, health is the new wealth, and kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.